Welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. I'm so super excited and fired up to be joined by a good friend, a brother, someone who I've got massive, massive respect for, massive love for. Uh, this individual has a business in the digital industry, social media industry, and as well as the trading and cryptocurrency industry. And finally, ladies and gents, in the property industry as well. So he's a man with many hats. So that goes to show you the caliber of individual that this person actually is. So without further ado, I want to welcome you, my brother, my friend, Mr. Sam Olivia. Welcome to the Wealth and Business Podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be here. Great, great, great. So Sam, tell us, how did this all begin? Literally, I've just went through your accolades and I'm like, oh my days, this guy's got so many hats that he's actually put on over the course of time. How did this all begin for you? I, I think for me, I was, I've always been obsessed by the big C. You know, in everyone's mm. life, you have different things that you have the big C about. And um, for me, uh, this and by the way, people that are listening, the C is curiosity. It's like, well, you know, what's going on here? So I've always been a, a bit of a nosy person. I want to know how things work. You know, some guys are mechanics of cars. Some people are mechanics of bodies. I'm a mechanics of entrepreneurship. Anytime I see a business that works, I want to I break it apart and see how it works because it's really, really intriguing for me. So the reason why I guess I'm a serial entrepreneur is because I appreciate all types of businesses and I love to see the way they work. And I have to be honest, some of them I accidentally got involved in and they became stunning successes. And some of the ones that I really love to do ended up being complete failures. So um, sometimes it's not only your passion that takes you into a successful business, it's also time and chance that does it as well. So for me, it was it was a combination of being curious and being at the right place at the right time that opened up some of these doors. Oh, fantastic. I really love that. You said the C. The C is curiosity. So what you're saying here is that being, being being very curious from the get-go is what has enabled the transition from the ordinary to the extraordinary. What a way to kind of begin this podcast. I'm already seeing that this is going to be a very fantastic conversation. Now, let's go backwards. What was growing up like? Um, <laughs> okay. So growing up, my dad, this is really interesting. My dad is my complete opposite. He was go to school excel in school, get a job, get to the top and get a life. That was my dad. And his word was the law in the house. My mom, however, was different. She was more about, um, if I have two pence, can I turn it around and make it three pence? Right? And if I have three wow. pence, can I turn it and make it four pence? But the big difference is that my dad was super educated and my mom wasn't that my mom wasn't an illiterate, but she wasn't. She was nowhere near as educated as my dad. So, the, mm. by natural laws of of Nigeria, you look towards the more educated person, and this is the way to go, right? So, um, yeah. but very quickly, I'm the I'm the third of four children. My first brother, well, wow. my dad's a lawyer. He's he's he, dead. He, he he did law. Then my first brother just retired the other day as a judge. And then uh, my, my other brother is an ED, he's an executive director in um, JP Morgan. He, he's even bored of it there. So those two guys are, they followed my dad. Go to school, be best in the class, get a job and go to the top. And there was number three, wow. Mr. Different. 
Why do I have to always go to school? <laughs> Why do I have to stick to what he's saying? I don't believe the lecturer. I want to do it differently. That was me. <laughs> Let's do it differently. Wow. Mr. Non-compliant. That was me. I said, Why does it have to be this color? I was always non-compliant. But um, mm. some people would say, this is a rebel. He's going to get himself in trouble. But other people will recognize these are the giftings of an entrepreneur, the man that can look at nothing and make something, right? So for, so for some so for people listening to this, if you've ever fell into that category or you have children like that, you have to, well, I would encourage you to recognize that those are very likely the signs of entrepreneurship. People that think they can make something out of nothing is a sign. So for me, um, that's how it started early. And then obviously I went to work I used to work in Vodafone in the city and um, up the ladder. And I never liked it when we were on a, on a project and we had to pass it from team A to team B. People were like, give it to them. I was like, no, I want to see the end of this. I want to see this thing end to end. I don't want you to just come to my desk. I don't know how it got to the desk and where it's going to go. And they're like, look, stay within your pay grade. I remember my manager pointing at me. If you want to keep a job here, you must do what you're told. And I, I resented him and he resented me. He resented me because he was like, why doesn't this guy just follow the rules? And I resented him as, why would you just, why would you just do what you're told? Why isn't your mind open? Why don't you explore the whole thing and find out how this works and see what we can do? So obviously, you know what happened. People like me, we get to a, a, um, a glass roof uh, ceiling because one of the reasons, one of the questions about being, um, being, um, Getting, getting the salary raise to the next level is how willing you are to work as a team member and be compliant. And on one hand, I loved working in a team, but on the other hand, I just thought, I don't want to work in this team. I don't want you to give me um, uh, uh, suggestions that I don't like. So my attitude was coming out in those um, interviews. So for some reason, I wasn't well, not for some reason. I knew why. I knew why I wasn't going to the next level, and I thought I don't. I don't even want it. So I resigned from that job, went to another job. Um, I loved it there, and that was called Net Visions. That was in um, uh, Covent Garden. I was that we were making mad money there. But it was an Indian software development house. Uh, the, the developers were in India, and the business development team were here, and we were we were we were just really kicking ass. Um, but unfortunately, the software house crashed. And then the director loved me so much that he moved me from the business crash. So he moved me, he said, I, I, he said, I don't want to sack you. I want you to move from here to another project I've got, which is a, a chain of hotels. And he said, when you go into the chain of hotels, do not tell anyone how much money you make because you earn more than the mm. manager. He said, please do not tell. I said, okay, no problem. And I went into uh, work there because I needed a job and I was grateful, right? I was grateful. And I remember uh, that, this manager one day just said to me, you can't use your phone when you're meant to be working. And I thought, what? <laughs> Every, look, where I work, you hit target. When you hit target, you can do what you like. As long as you're hitting yeah. target, you do what you like. So coming into another environment, when someone was saying that to me, I started to, I started to realize my days here were limited. And to fast forward one day, I went for a break, I just went for lunch break and I just walked out and I didn't come back. I said, can't work here anymore. That this, <laughs> this environment is, is killing me. And I just literally walked out. I didn't know where I was going, but I just walked out. And that was the beginning of me 
finding out that employment was very safe, it was very secure, and that if, if you dare to become an entrepreneur and you don't have a cash flow, very quickly you're going to become a bum. So quickly, very, mm. very, very quickly, I had to do what I had to do to make sure that cash was coming in. And that was the beginning of a long story that has turned from Sam, the guy that tried to sell some education, to the guy that eventually had um, a school, that eventually had students from abroad, that sold the school, that eventually went on to do public sector procurement, sold that, went into property, came out, came into digital marketing, Loved it. Had an opportunity. Okay, let me slow down here at this point. So when, when I got into the digital marketing, you see, when I got into digital marketing, it was in 2018, right? So by 2019, I was telling everybody that the way forward is digital, that forget all these other methods, that this is the way forward. And everyone was saying, Sam, this sounds really good, but we'll get back to you. So everyone sort of left me yeah. on this list, left me on the list. And it was like, these guys, that this is taking off in America. And then all of a sudden, one of my best friends came along called COVID, another C. COVID shut down all the businesses. And then I just remember waking up and started to call people. and like, right, if you can't speak to your teams, I have the platform. Remember my digital solution? I can do it. And I kept on calling and emailing everybody how they could do their marketing, their sales. And the first thing I, I, met, I met, was met with was disbelief. People were like, no, you can't. And I think after about a couple of weeks, they just realized, as in, yes, you can. And then my phone started to ring. And I started to say, no problem. And as funny as it is now, right, I started to introduce people how to use Zoom. They did not know how to use just Zoom. And they, were get, and they didn't know how to get um, hackers out, all these things. So funny enough, I made a lot of money just from Zoom. It was, it was hilarious, just wow. Zoom. And then we went on to the automations, made more money. And then I had this friend that was a trader, right? And he was trading people face to face. And he had trained me some years before mm. to trade as well. And I said, hey, buddy, how you do? He said, oh, no, well, I can't train anybody anymore. You know, people can't come out. You know, they're frustrated. I said, well, I can build you a platform. I'll build you a platform to work with these people. And then when they pay you, pay me later. He said, no. He said, if I can build them a platform to get the people on, we need to partner on. I said, but you know, I'm not a good trader. He said, it doesn't matter. Just come on, let's go 50-50. And that is how I was dragged from the world of digital right into uh, trading again and again and again. And because I was immersed in that world, and initially probably my, my understanding was 5 10%, but because I was immersed in that world day and night and day and night and day and night and day and night, I just became better and better and better and better and better. And then I stumbled across um, all the cryptos. And I was like, and this is where the C comes in again. C for crypto, C for curious. So I was like, hold on, what's going on here? This crypto thing looks really good. So I started to study it. And it was quite, quite clear to me that it was working based on hype, meaning... Elon Musk says this, the market goes crazy. Someone says that it goes crazy. So I thought, oh, I can see a, a pattern here. It was about, so mm. I just, um, I just took a, a really big figure and I, I could see an emerging pattern. Uh, and I just put, I never forget, I put this figure, I don't want to mention it, it was quite big. I put the figure on it. And in, I think it was about seven days, I had 800%, right? So with wow. that, I was able to literally close it, take it out, because um, we're in the pandemic, right? Was, you, you, so you get money and you get itchy fingers. 
you're like, this is, what do we do? I remember I bought, I bought a car. One of them, I bought a car brand new, just out of there. I thought, that's just a little amount. And I have all of this left over. Um, and then from there, I just, I probably had just spent, I, I invested some, saved some, and I just got better and better and better. And then obviously the, the, the time of crazy spikes in crypto almost came to an end. And from there, anyone that is with the big C, you reinvent yourself and you look at something else with your curiosity that what else moves like a crypto in the market? And then nothing moves like cryptos, but things like oil and oil, 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 oh boy, oil is a mover. So I really got interested in trading oil and um, some other currencies and they have been another wave of uh, money-making activities. So I know I'm going through this quite fast, but I think what I'm trying to bring out here is being curious, being curious and having attention to detail is the combination that got me from, um, I'm not sure of how to, for example, trade to getting uh, the Evening Standard writing about me and the Business Insider writing about me and um, the Daily Express Finance writing about me and Brains asking me to write articles. It started from just being curious and having high intent. So there was no... There was no special magic to it. It was tenacity, curiosity, and some of my other um, things like, like self-discipline, you know, just combining them with opportunity, I found that doors kept on opening. And as much as I've said that, at the same time, because of how I've placed my digital um, uh, brand, it just kept on opening up more and more, especially to uh, developers in Africa. So asking me questions, yeah. asking about how to get into yeah. specific markets. And so, so on one hand, I have to say a big part of this is time and chance. It's a very big, it's a very, because you can work 10 times harder than me and not get the same results, or you might work less than me and even get better results. So I recognize that time and chance have a huge part to play in uh, in my growth, and I believe it will probably be the same for a lot of other people in entrepreneurship. Thank you so much. Um, I had to literally let, let you just go straight in to kind of be in that flow where you're literally giving so much value about how curiosity has given you so much level of transitioning over the cost of a decade you know, in your journey. And it's quite important as an, as an entrepreneur that we always understand what ignited that sort of will, hunger, and where does it come from? And you've made it very clear. It came from your parents. Your father was the guy who wanted, you know, you to get to the top of your career. And then your mother, you know, was the person where your curiosity come from because you turn one into two, two into four, four into six. And it's quite interesting because as we go through this journey, sometimes we, I think it's so important for entrepreneurs to understand things like patterns, understand the, you know, the will element that leads to curiosity, because first of all, there has to be the will element for you to have curiosity. I believe so. That is just my point of view, by the way, because if you don't have a will to have curiosity, what is this about? What is that about? And you're trying to make an understanding of it for the greatest you know, uh, you know, company to come out so that you can either monetize or create value or create an opportunity that you don't know what's going to happen. Because what makes you money is not money. What makes you money is value, opportunity, and creativity. 
you know, if you have creativity, the money will come. And you went into go straight into COVID. COVID again, if you didn't have the creativity, if you didn't have the will that brought into your curiosity, where someone tells you, I can't do ABC, and then you said, Do I can do ABC for you, and then that leads to a partnership. This is the thing about entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship is a creator. Entrepreneurship is somebody that identifies opportunity. An entrepreneur is someone that doesn't focus on the money first, but focus on the opportunity. I, for one, was an example as well. I lost everything way back in 2015, where I could not even get a thousand to two thousand pounds. Today, I've raised over 1.5 million on social media. What does that mean? It means that it all leads to one thing: curiosity, creativity, and then the opportunity, and then the value. So, having said that, Sam, you spoke about your child or you know your childhood and how this has really paid away for you. What about those that didn't have the opportunity to have been in a family where, for example, their dad had a profession or their mother had a you know this sort of entrepreneurship mindset that has obviously paved the way for you? What would you say for those who you know who want to get into entrepreneurship that want to be probably culture mentor into entrepreneurship? No, you you know what that that is really good, and I'm really big on this. You're you're um you're, you're knocking on the door of um the door of mentorship, and because we have um, almost everybody has access to the internet now, um, you can get different degrees of mentorship even from podcasts like this, right? And um, I would say to anyone out there that believes that they want to access and learn business and grow in it, you just need, one of the first things you need to do is you need to be curious enough to knock on people's doors. Um, mm. It was yesterday, or did, no, it was the day before or thereabout, a young man just, because young men often drop into my inbox on Instagram and then they say things. And anytime I see it's a young, I'm always interested in, right, what you've got. Some of them try and pitch me. And when they pitch, I give them a feedback and say, well, you've done really well. I'm not your target audience. Why don't you consider looking at these things as well? And I like leaving them on a high because I can see that this was like me 20 years ago or this was like me 10 years ago. Let me keep on encouraging these guys. And there was another one that did it a few days ago. You know, <laughs> I actually like him. He's 16. He was already selling me how he's going to turn over my ticks. I said, how old are you? He said, 16. I said, look, I said, you're 16. How much do you pay for your rent? I said, I'll answer you, nothing, mortgage, nothing, food bill, nothing, electricity, nothing, gas, nothing. I said, shut up, boy, cut down your price and make sure that what you do is that you deliver a phenomenal service for people first because you're not paying any bills. Deliver the service and make sure people want to refer you. Make sure they start raving about you. When they start raving about you and what you do, the money will follow. And why I like that, boy, he was like, yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir, as I was telling him he was accepting the correction. So I could see that um, his curiosity got him knocking, his curiosity got him on Instagram, looking at my page, then having the confidence to inbox me and then follow me up till I came onto a call with him and then he pitched me at 16 for 250 pounds a month. And I, I just liked the boy. I just thought, look at this boy. I said, I'm not giving you that. And when I negotiated with him, he 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 re, he replied. And I, I just felt this boy is like play. 
it, it depends on who molds him. If you mold this boy the right way, there's nothing that can stop him from becoming even a billionaire. He has it all in him. So yes. I hope he's not listening to this because his head's going to be big as in, oh man, do you think that about me? But I intend to... To be honest, he will be listening to this because I know exactly who you're talking about. Oh my God. <laughs> so you know who he is. Okay, look at that. So, but I liked he, him. I know exactly who you're talking about and he's going to be present at the Nest Wealth and Business Networking event because I've told him, I said, I'm going to push you to success. You know, and to be honest, I know he's going to be reaching out to a lot of those who are part of my network because I actually gave him, I actually had a chat with him and I said, listen, I, we can blow this up for you. And I'm so, so glad that he's reaching out. You know, I'm really so glad that he's reaching out and and that very young boy, I'm going to work with him. You're going to work with him. Every one of us who are in this network at the top level, we're going to make sure we we help him to become the first youngest 16 millionaire that we, we create in our circle. So I, I know exactly who you're talking about. Again, that brings the curiosity we're talking about. And now we, we want to now help him. Correct. So, 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 that, so people out there, so let's go back and answer the question that Daniel asked. If you are from a family that, for example, you don't have um, immediate role models or fathers or mothers around you, how can you aspire to become um, an entrepreneur? This boy is an example. He's what he, I don't know how he's going to Daniel's network, but with me, he just knocked on the door of my Instagram. I had no ideas from Daniel and he kept on asking and saying things. And because I'm very inspirational, aspirational, I gave him audience. I said, well, I'll give you an audience and I'm going to sign him on for his for his work. He's going to do that work for me. So this is how you can do it. You have to be uh, tenacious and you have to remember that for every one person like me that says yes, there'll probably be about 10 that won't respond or, and some of them will be unintentional. Some will be intentional. Some will be too busy. Some might forget, but you have to keep on knocking on those doors, keep on knocking on those doors till people open listen to you and actually pay you for your service. So that is how this will work. And you have to stay in networks like what Daniel has described. Because if Daniel hadn't encouraged that boy, he might have felt, oh, no one's going to listen to me. I'm too young. Whereas on the, the contrary, when I, when I asked him his age and he said 16, I just thought, my God, I have to help this boy. So there are people out there that are very, very willing to help, but you just have to keep on knocking on the doors till you find the right people. That's what I would say as an answer to that question. Thank you so much, Sam, for actually breaking that really well because that was quite important because people might wonder, yeah, curiosity, just message, what is curiosity? You know, is like me being a property coach and as well as a wealth coach, you know, and when I teach some of our community members the importance of having a brand around being an entrepreneur, some of them say, oh, what is the brand going to do for me? So mm. you're saying build a brand, what is it going to do for me? So they don't get the logic around the brand. Network, become a networking monster why do i need to always be at an event why do i need to be there i'm like we met you and i sam we met in a network at that time i was still an uber driver we met in 2017 at the inception of my journey and you was just transitioning as well into creating something massive that you have now you know and i've seen you transition so many times to the greatest level of your peak and also to the greatest level of my peak at the moment. And one thing is curiosity is so important because people have to understand you can't give what you don't have. All right. And you can't get what you don't look for. So which makes it like when people say, whenever there's a will, there is a way. 
So the will, as this young entrepreneur here, which you, we've just used as a case study, which is quite a great, great case study, he saw the connection, he's taking the action, he's having the conversation, and now he's getting the help. So some people might think, okay, yes, I get it. Sometimes there might be quite a complicating question or answer to this, to this what I'm about to say, which means some people say entrepreneurship is burn. But I say whatever we become, we became through the information that, 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 that surrounds us. Nobody was born to be rich from, you know, from above. But one thing that is truly correct, that we can come rich, we can come wealthy, we can become the greatest you know, you know, version of ourselves as long as we have the will to want to become that. And the universe has a way of delivering it to you. It's like you can't get from God what you didn't ask for, Right. So you have to go out there and put in the work. So I'm really so glad that you obviously went into this. Now, another thing I wanted to kind of you know, talk to you about is you, over the years, have transitioned from one industry to the other and to the other. So from marketing to digital uh, marketing and as well as to currency trading and even real estate. Now, I'm not going to go into a question I really want to ask you just yet because I'm going to ask you later. Which industry mm -hmm. do you think is the greatest for wealth creation? All right. But before that, why is it, you know, what would be the most, you know, challenging situation that you found yourself as you made this different transition from one industry to the other, to the other. And now you have, you know, found that something that is just like, it's almost like running your own you know, economy and autopilot, which you're very passionate about, which is your baby. And I know I've spoken to you about it. What would you say that challenge has been just making a transition from one industry to the other, to the other? Okay. And this is probably the most powerful question you've asked me. <clears throat> um, the most difficult part of this all was not realizing, not actually realizing where my self-doubt lay. Right? I'm going to say that again. The most difficult part of transitioning was not actually recognizing and realizing where my own self-doubt lay. Meaning, mm. um, naturally, I'm bullish, I'm confident, I'm assertive. So if you asked me if I had self-doubt, I would say no. But I was not aware that it got to a level, that there's a level that I would get to that I would start to manufacture reasons why I wouldn't do things at particular times mm. and I would justify them as common sense. But looking back at them, they were actually self-doubts. There were voices in my head that were saying, in another language, know your place. In another <laughs> language, you cannot exceed this point. It wouldn't say it directly, but it would be like, that's risky. That guy's going to yeah. lose all his money. So when it says that, what it's really saying to me is, this is your limit. Right. But I didn't I, I wasn't able to interpret that that was actually a voice of negativity inside of me limiting my growth. So mm. if you came to me, I would have said, well, I've processed this. You know, I'm a sharp guy and I find that uh, this is not the right time to do this. These are my reasons. But really what was going on was I was filled with self doubt. So when you have an internal self-doubt that you cannot identify, you'd have no idea why you're not doing things. Why you won't understand why you're not networking. You don't know why you don't want to brand. You see, all these things, they're tied to self-worth. 
right? So when, when you give the example that someone said, oh, um, why should I brand? What we're re- Some people are really saying that, am I worthy of this? Isn't this for big companies? I'm, I'm only little old John. I'm only <laughs> 35 years old. Uh, what, what, how, how can I be a brand? I just go to Tesco's. I know my place in life. I'm not a brand. I'm just a human being. Mm. He doesn't see himself as worthy and he doesn't actually realize it, right? The same thing applies to people networking. What have I got to say? The big gurus out there, they know what to say. They've got everything. Daniel Moses has got it. Sam knows what to say. What am I going to network and say? They, mm. they, are, they have self-doubt. They're, they're not realizing that there is a vast amount of value in them that just needs to be honed. And as long as you do not understand that, you will always give justifiable reasons. Why should I network? I want to be at home looking after my children. Um, I'm not burning petrol. Uh, there's traffic down the road. There's no point going there. I need to rest. I need to you know, have enough sleep this week. There are reasons. And it sounds like common sense. But really, mm. you have self-doubt. And those self-doubts are limiting you. So when you ask my la- your last question, I'm going to tell, I'm going to remind people about the four quadrants from Robert Kiyosaki and how if you're filled with self-doubt, you will never get to quadrant four. Or, you, or, if you, or if you knock on it, you won't grow because these things are within you. So this whole journey, right, for the people listening, it is intertwined. At the core of entrepreneurship is personal development. If you do not see yourself as worthy, it's very likely you will not attract that level of success. You have to see the value in you, even if you only have, even if you have no O levels, if you have zero O levels, but you believe that you are worthy of these things, you're going to attract them. And if you have five MSCs and one PhD or three PhDs, and you just feel that I'm just here to learn and to get a pay and go home, and you don't feel worthy of a higher level, you won't get it. So at the core, we need to address the issue of self-worth, which is a component of <clears throat> personal development that I noticed that Daniel is really hitting on. So you guys in the Wealth and Business podcast series, you're getting things that will help you unpick and unlearn biases that have actually held you back. They they are limiting self-beliefs, but I can define them one by one. I can define the fear, the apprehensions, the anxieties, the terrors, and the self-doubts. They're called fats. They're five weeds that grow in the garden of a man's mind and heart, right? When you grow a a plant, if you've ever been to um, school in Africa, or even if you have a garden here, when you plant something, your expectation is that after a few days, a green leaf will pop up. I say, right, it's growing. And as you keep on watering it, eventually it starts to go a bit higher and higher. And after a couple of weeks, it goes higher. But you will notice that if you keep on watering that plant, after another series of time, something else will start to grow. And those things that grow are weeds. But you never plant the weeds, but they show up. But if you leave the weeds there, they will strangle and limit and try and destroy your plants. And that is exactly how self-doubts and self-limiting beliefs are. And you know the beauty about um, weeds? They're always the same color as your plants. So when you look at your garden, you say it's green. Oh, they're plants. They're not. Only one is a plant, the rest are weeds, but they look the same color. So when you listen to yourself and you listen to your reason, you say, that's my intellect. That's my common sense. It's not your common sense. It is self-limiting beliefs that have been living in your head for so long, 
you don't know the difference between the negativity they're bringing and the aspiration that you're trying to grow into by listening to podcasts like this. So you need help cutting those fats, which are fears, apprehensions, anxieties, terrors, and self-doubts. And then you're going to experience a higher level of productivity, prosperity, and wealth. Wow. I really, I really love how you kind of really break that down. And to be honest, I'm going to come back to a lot of questions in what just been said. Now, but one of the things I really picked up from this is how these different things, these different components has allowed you to become the greatest version of yourself, specifically through transitioning from one industry to the other, because you had them, but you had to confront them with what is real, what is unreal. So it's just like fear. Fear is unreal things appearing real. And sometimes we are, we have actually become accustomed to accepting fear, right? accepting that we will, we will never get on the other side of fear. And I always Correct. say this, everything we've ever wanted in life is on the other side of fear. So are you looking Correct. to have children? All right. Are you looking to have a good relationship? Are you looking to have money? Everything we've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. I remember the very first time I opened my mouth to speak to my wife, I panicked. Right? I had a palpitation. <laughs> bam, 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 like, oh, is she going to give me the number or not? But we've been married for 17 good years today. I remember the very first time I told my wife told me I'm pregnant. <laughs> so everything we've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. If you're traveling from London to Jamaica, flying, a lot of people palpitate and a lot of people close their eyes and or, you know, hold their chairs and like that. So if you really notice, it is about what has become part of life, but always you as an individual chosen to be on the other side of fear, which is overcomer. Now, when you transition from the banking industry, from you know, from, from one industry to the other, to the other, and where you are now, you as well suffered that sort of fear, but however, you chose to overcome it to be the greatest version of yourself. And I really love how you, you, you spoke about the facts, which is the five components of that, which I want to dig back into. So in this specific five industries that you've been through on top of my head, digital marketing, social marketing, um, um, banking and finance industry, and I remember me of the rest. I've done, I've been in telecoms as Vodafone telecoms for a long time. Te and I've been in education. Yeah. Education. <laughs> great. And now you've gone through all these different industry to now identify what is your, you know, what really tickles your bubbles and, and, and what you really want to stick with and not just sticking with it now. But obviously you mentioned previously how all curiosity has directed you to your will and that made a way for you. Now, having been through all this different industry, and I spoke about later, we want to talk about wealth creation, especially using mm -hmm. real estate, and as well, property as well, which will be your sixth industry that you've been through. <laughs> now, talking about how different, different industries has positioned you to create your own wealth, you're a landlord yourself as well, you're a property developer. Now, with all these different things and all these different hats that you've worn, when anyone is looking to creating wealth and anyone looking for longevity and long-term and passing off a legacy, would you want to agree with me that building a property legacy is still one of, you know, the most secure, even with this current climate, that people should still kind of, whether they understand it and they want to go and learn about it or whether they don't understand it and they don't know how it works, should it be something that people should kind of look into it? 
in the first place into wealth creation? You know what? I'll tell you what I believe to be the truth. And my truth is that it's almost it's almost um, impossible to um, keep wealth, grow wealth without being involved in real estate. Mm. Real estate is one of those things that no matter what happens, you have to have in your in your portfolio. Um, real estate is built on the earth. So it's something that is very tangible. It can depreciate. It mostly appreciates. Mm. It's, it's also a store. Even, even as a trader, when we talk about stores of value, we talk about things like gold being a store. Real estate is a store, be it um, residential, be it commercial, or even if it's land banking. Um, th- how you choose to cash flow from the real estate is, is, is a different strategy. But acquiring it, as long as there's human beings and population growth, there will be less and less space for people to live in, to work in. And for that reason, where there's scarcity, prices go up. It, it's simple mm. economics. So every time you see somebody with three, four children, just know that four children, house prices are going up because they're going to grow up and they're all going to need houses and they're yes. going to have flats and things. So it will keep on going on and on. So I honestly um, just find a route in, but real estate is is almost a no-brainer. You, you, I really recommend people get involved in it, yeah. Fantastic. You spoke about land banking. Obviously, I know what that is. For those who don't understand what land banking is, you know, because I didn't want to move to the next you know, point of this conversation because people might not really understand. What do you mean land banking? Because I talk about real estate banking as well as, as, as land banking. What is land banking? Okay. So if you're living in, for example, if you live in a, in a city, you live in um, like uh, London or you live in um, Sheffield or Birmingham, right? You can, when you're purchasing a property, do not just think of the real estate, the property itself. Think of the land around it, mm-hmm. right? So you might have a huge garden and people say, that's a garden, your kids can play there. But it also means that in a number of years time, you can actually build an extension on that property, right? And then you don't have to purchase land anymore because you've actually bought, you've banked, you've, you've, you see, traditionally, when people say land banking, they refer to there's some land in some part of Kent, buy it now, and in 10 years' time, when planning permission comes, you can build on it. That is the traditional approach traditional towards way, it. Yes. But, people that don't, yeah, but people that don't understand, as in, why would I want to buy a piece of land in Essex or Kent? No, even if you're living in London or in inner city, always consider a property that has um, either uh, real estate, grass to the left or to the right um, or the back or the front because you will have the opportunity to either um, you might get the planning permission to build at the back you can build flats or you can extend your property or you can build at the side and extend it and in doing so you greatly increase the value of your property and that means you will earn more money so in simple man's terms if you start having a mortgage and when you start, it's £400,000 and you're paying it down. If you have land to the left or to the back and you can build or extend that way, um, when you revalue your property, it will no longer, it, you would then have a £400,000 mortgage, not on a house that is 450000 anymore, but on a house that is 700000 because you've extended the value. So you've, you've just made yourself cash right there. 
right? So yes. this is these are the kind of things that Daniel them. I know I know Daniel that sleeps on this sort of stuff. He loves yes. it, but this is how I it know. works, guys. So don't don't underestimate it. <laughs> Absolutely. And and the reason why we have to go go into that because right now you're teaching people how to create, you know, dig, you know how to how to create money digitally, right? And most times when people create money digitally through network marketing, business, and otherwise. If there's something I'm very passionate right now with is actually teaching entrepreneurs how to make their money work a bit more. Uh, I'll give an example how to do this. So I was sitting down the other day with a friend and he said, my business has grown from zero to four million pounds in the last three years. And we just made about one million pound profit last year. And I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to do that. I'm like, okay, great. Hold on a minute. Say that again. He said it. So you made a million pound profit. He says, yes. And so he says, I'm going to, I'm going to this place. I'm going to that place. I'm going to that place. I'm going to that place. I'm like, how about if we now acquire more assets and then the asset gives you rental income? Yes. It's not going to be 1 million pounds. So you're compounding. So rather than taking that profit and then go, go again to just enjoy, but I say, take the money, go again into real estate, go into expanding your money. What you teach people how to do is to create money digitally a lot. So whether through social marketing, whether through advertising, and whether through currency, which is one of your biggest baby that you just created a platform that now automatically trades and all of that and make money for people. Most people, when they come across making 10% return on investments by second or by, by day, obviously due to the volatility, and they make this profit, most of them will just literally go and blow that money. So that's one of the reasons why I talked about the wealth creation in real estate and property. Now, let's not go back into your baby. Tell us about that baby that you've, you've basically developed over the last two, three years, which is right now doing amazing for your community. Okay. So, so we're, t- we're talking about trading, trading. Now, um, uh, let me give you an insight into what trading is actually worth f- for starters. <clears throat> Every hour... $250 billion is traded. Whether you like it, I like it, whether we're here or not, every hour, $250 billion <clears throat> goes through in Forex. That means that in a day, there's $6 trillion US dollars that's traded in Forex alone. And in the entire capital markets, that means when we include things like um, gold, <clears throat> oil, gas, copper, when you include those things, we're looking at a market that's worth $112 trillion. So it's the largest market in the whole world. There's nothing bigger than the capital markets, right? Now, um, that capital markets and real estate, they belong in what Robert Kiyosaki calls quadrant four. Mm. If you read or listen to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So there's quadrant one, uh, you work hard, you get it. This is where my father wanted me to stay, by the way. You work, go to school, excel, Right, right to the top, earn six figures, quadrant one, be a responsible person, be a director, retire, get a gold watch and all that stuff. That's what he believes in, quadrant one. Then there's quadrant two where you can do almost the same thing, but as self-employed. But then the difference is that you pay far less tax, so you end up with more money and you have more time flexibility. And there's quadrant three where you build a business, which is an automation that can actually work even when you're out of it. You can employ people, you can sack people, and you can actually sell the business as an asset. And then the highest quadrant in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which we agree with, is quadrant four, where investors are. 
very few people, but what they do is that our mantra is that money grows. So every single day is like a bean. You put a bean in, you put water on it, it must grow. In quadrant four, your money grows. For people that don't understand, if you have, for example, 100 grand or 10 grand and you leave it in the bank, over the course of a year, your money is actually shrinking. It would still say the same thing. It would still say 100 grand, but what it can buy in 12 months' time is less than what it can buy now. That mm. means that the, the purchasing power has decreased. So what investors, traders, property developers, what we do is we make sure that we never leave liquid money in the bank, but we put it into um, an instrument that can appreciate Right. So with uh, real estate, they have their figures. I won't mention those. But when you're dealing with the capital markets, the kind of figures that we have, I show them even on my Instagram um, handle. And we're really saying that if people can even make three percent for an entire day, three percent growth, that's really good. Because if you can do three percent in a day and you just do it three times a week, that's nine percent in a week and you do it three weeks in a month, that's 27 percent. If you can do 27% in a month, over the course of a year of just 10 months, you've done 270%. So your money is way, 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 way above anything you can get in any, any type of bank. Because a bank will give you 0.01% over a year. Um, in trading, I've shown it. Sometimes I don't want to show as many as I should, but I can tell you that on some days I make 38% in a day. In, and when I say a day, I'm talking about maybe four hours, 38%. So, um, and that's and, quadrant and, four. And, and just to kind of go very quickly, in, and this this platform was created by yourself and you and your business partner during when things went went a bit COVID, Yeah, yeah. Well, when we got locked up, curious, you know, see, once again, in this is why your network. So imagine if he, if he and I were not friends, he would have had a skill that he was not able to scale. I would have a skill that I didn't have a skill. But when you have networks, and that's why I value Daniel as well, when you have the right people in your network and you put minds together, there's always productivity. There's always growth. It's never um, a dull day. There's always a day of growth. You should always be in environments where people are thinking, what can we do better? How can we do it better? There are different ways to do it and different ways to grow things. So for the people listening, I think the biggest thing that even I'm getting out of this and I'm thinking of this conversation is that as much as possible, we're trying to inspire hope. I want everyone to know that there's more than one way for you to um, become fulfilled in your life. And um, the primary purpose of making money isn't just about the money. It's about you being able to fulfill your life. So whatever you really want to do, when you've got the cash, you can then you can then do what's in your heart to build a, a nursery, to help people in a charity, to build a school, yeah. to support your own people, to buy a Rolls Royce. The money is an enabler. So you need to apply your time to grow your money in quadrant four so that you can actually fulfill your own dreams. And there's a system, quadrant four, real estate, trading, all in that quadrant. And... Um, yeah, and, and, you know, if you come to my Instagram or you come to, well, myself and Daniel, we're going to do, do some more series soon. So it would be good to come and hear us because you also, you, it's not just about the money, it's the mindset. It's the mind. Because if you are not thinking right about these opportunities, as fast as they come, they can go as well. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think um, step one, 
I mean, I'm, I might be jumping the gun, but step one is you, you just want to have an open mind and you want to ask Daniel um, how you can get more information on this. And he, I'm, I know he will share it. He will share your, my information, his information, and you just need to be curious enough. That's what you need to do. You need to be curious enough to stop and to listen and to watch and have an open mind as in, wow, are these things so? If so, how can I get these things? It's yeah. the curiosity that will really open that door for you. Great. Thank you so much for sharing that. Because, uh, you know, it, it's quite interesting that you kind of went through that. Now, having gone through that, again, closing with that last statement of curiosity, right now we have strike this, strike that, train, you, you know, NHS teachers, everyone is, is striking, 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 all because of pay rise. Now, we are mm. currently in the cost of living crisis. And the cost of living crisis is basically people are making less money, but the money that is, they're spending, I mean, in England, it's always been the case anyway. We've always spent more than we earned. Now, for me, I always spend more than I earned, but I spend more than I earn in investments. I'm always acquiring, I'm always, you know, acquiring assets that, that creates me cash flow. So if I have a hundred thousand pounds cash right now, Rather than to even take 10% and go on holiday, I want to put 100% back, 100, the whole 100,000 pounds into an asset. And that's always been my mindset. Or worst case scenario, I will put back 100,000 pounds on my marketing rather than actually going back on holiday. So my, 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 the way I, my thought process work is I have 100,000 pounds. Can 100,000 pounds now make 20, like make another 20,000 people know who I am? One. Okay, I have hundred thousand pounds now. What other assets can I acquire that will give me cash flow that will pay for my expenses? And that's just again my, how my thought process works. So, how important is it right now for every? I mean, no disrespect to anyone that's got a nine to five job, but I do believe that people in the industry of profession working they need to start understanding how to build a side income, and that side income can be in real estate. That side hustle can be obviously understanding, you know, how the cash flow quadrant works, which you've very due diligently explained by Robert Kensaki. Now, how important is it for us to kind of get into a mindset that creates rather than a mindset that just focuses on losses and focus on the impossibility? You know, you know the big thing, right, is it's the way we were conditioned. We were taught, like my father, do well, have manners, be polite, go to school, pay attention, be the best, go for an interview. We've been conditioned. So many people out there have been conditioned to do it this way. That's what we've been taught. And when you are taught anything and it's repeated, it becomes normal to you. It's normalized. That this, is, this is what is normal, right? So... <clears throat> The challenge here isn't really the job. The challenge is limiting your cash flow to that job because that job could be very, very fulfilling. It, for example, if you're a social worker or you're a teacher, who would do it better than you? If you've got a love for children, you, you'd want to teach them. You've got a love for human beings. You want to be a nurse or a doctor. That is awesome. We need those people. But it doesn't mean that, you, that the source of your finances should be limited to that. You should be able to do that, love what you do, and have a second and third 
source of income. So you should say, well, in my job, I you should be able to say I earn two hundred thousand pounds a year, seventy thousand from my job, and another one hundred thirty thousand from my investments. That's where we're really going. So. Stay in your quadrant one or two or quadrant three, but dip into quadrant four. You, you, what you're doing is you can pay off the future of your, you can pay down your mortgage early, which means that at an earlier age, you can have a debt-free house if that's the way you want to think. It, it gives you the money to be much more flexible. In general, you just be more happy. And at times like this, that your salary is exactly the same, but the, the price of stuff has gone up. When you have a second or third stream of income, you may not even feel the difference because you've got that cash flow coming in. So if you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a social worker, you're retired, you're just, you're just a hardworking person. This podcast is about showing you where and how you can have a second or third stream of income. No one is really forcing you to go into trading or uh, into real estate. It's more about helping you discover that people like you from homes like you, you know, good intention, good upbringing, just like you have found that they can have a second or third or fourth stream of income that can bring about a liberty so that you can go on holiday or you can do whatever you want to do, or you can give your money to the homeless, whatever you want to do. That's what this fight is about. The fight is about how can you have more resource so that you can live a better life. And the options are clear. Um, property is very low risk. It's very low risk and you can grow your money. That's the key that is low risk. You can grow your money. Trading the markets is a much higher risk, but then the returns are much, much higher and faster. But so you have to, you have to, um, you have to manage and you have to, um, you have to understand what you want to do. The reason why we coach people in um, trading is because of that higher risk. You don't want to go into something that is so volatile and you have no one to ask questions. You need someone to hold your hand to show you the system so that you, you're more calm because volatility can erupt your emotions. You know, So everyone out there, it's, it's, there's only one way to go. It's forward because if you don't come forward into these things and you stay at the same place, you will start to shrink. You, you will, and it's not a nice thing, but you will shrink. You have to take action, but you will choose your action. You can come into this network, which I want you to. You'll meet me, you meet Daniel, you'll meet everyone else. You can go to another network. But what you must say to yourself is that before we get to March 2023, you need to take an action. Take an action. Take action. Do be bullish. Do something that will take your life forward. That's what I would say. Thank you so, so much, Mr. Samuel Nibanjo, for being on the Wealth and Business Podcast. We'll see you guys soon with another banging episode. Take care, stay wealthy, healthy, and successful. We'll see you soon. Take care.